Welcome to 10.5, the official podcast of the OPP Association. I am Scott Mills. And I'm Josh Jutras. We are the Strategic Communications Coordinators for the OPP Association and your host for the 10.5 podcast, the official podcast of the OPP Association. And the OPP Association is the sole bargaining agent for the close to 10,000 members of the Ontario Provincial Police in Canada. Our members are our focus and our strength. We aim to provide important information to our members and the public about matters that affect policing in the province of Ontario. And on this episode, we are pleased to be joined by the Blister Sisters, and we are discussing the Walk for Wounded Warriors. Warm welcome to the 10-5 podcast to former OPP Provincial Constable Isabel Sove, Provincial Constable Jody Hallowell, Provincial Constable Kim Stapleton, and the OPP's Healthy Workplace Team, Dr. Nina Fusco. Thanks for having us. Well, this is going to be a really fun uh, fun talk. Uh, <laughs> thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, we've been having a little bit of fun before we uh, put the record button on here. So I think we're all uh, loosened up to have a really uh, happy conversation here um, uh, about a really good cause. And so for those of you who haven't heard, four OPP members formed Team Blister Sisters joining seven other military veteran and first responder teams to tackle the second annual walk for wounded warriors which was a 170 i'm going to say that again 170 kilometer plus challenge uh in support of wounded warriors canada so um, let's start off with some introductions. Uh, Isabel, we got the idea of this podcast from you, so thank you for sending this in to us. And uh, we're going to turn it over uh, to you first. Great. Uh, well, I think I can best be described as someone who enjoys challenges. And I might also be guilty a bit of uh, always wanting to see just how much I can push myself. Um, this interest is been with me since I can remember like as a youth I would spend hours and hours training to like be faster or better in all kinds of sports and in things in general um, even at a young age I set out uh, one day to canoe around an entire lake just to see if I could do it so fast forward to today and I now compete in multi-stage ultra running marathons in like all over the world basically there are self-sufficient events of approximately 250 kilometers in distance. And I also recently successfully challenged a Guinness World Record for the fastest marathon in handcuffs. I thought that was pretty fitting given the <laughs> law enforcement background. <laughs> so when team captain Jody Halliburton suggested the walk for the wounded warriors, um, it immediately appealed to my sense of adventure and challenge. And not to mention it's for such a good cause. The second edition of the walk started in Petawawa on Saturday, September 4th, 2001, 21, sorry, at 5 a.m. And it ended at Parliament Hill in Ottawa on the Sunday afternoon. To add to the difficulty of the events, um, each of the participants wore a 20 pound vest and we dropped for 22 push-ups on the spot every hour. This was in recognition that sadly on average 22 veterans die uh, by suicide every day. So the total uh, distance was divided equally between um, the Blister Sisters 
into four relays of approximately 42 kilometers, which is um, the distance of a standard, full, uh, like a full marathon. And I, I just want to put that in perspective for the audience. I, I just Googled this on the side here. From the association's head office in Barrie to the west gate of Algonquin Park outside of Huntsville is 168 kilometers. So to put that in perspective, that is about an hour and 50 minutes of driving in your car up Highway 11 and then across Highway 60 into Algonquin Park. It's an incredibly large uh, distance. Uh, I want to hear next from the team captain, Provincial Constable Jody Hallowell. Welcome to the podcast, Jody. It's good to be here. Yeah, I started my career with the OPP about 15 years ago. And prior to that, I was a military Canadian Forces veteran for eight. I was uh, initially with the Naval Reserves and transferred over to the Army, where I was able to do a deployment in 2005. Um, I heard about Walk for the Wounded through friends who are still active military members, and the veteran community continues to be uh, important to me. Um, the first year in 2020, the four founding members actually walked the total 170 kilometers together from Petawawa to Ottawa um, over the whole weekend without, uh, well, they had obviously minor breaks, but they did the whole total walk together. Um, it was uh, inspirational to say the least. When I discovered that they were putting this together and putting it out to the emergency communities, and uh, first responder communities. I thought uh, this was something that I definitely wanted to participate in. Um, thinking of, obviously, Isabel and I worked uh, together on the same shift when I transferred to Perth in 2019, and she was uh, <laughs> definitely the first member I thought to contact and be part of the team, and she helped me think of uh, other members that would also fit well with us. Wounded Warrior, uh, Walk for the Wounded uh, supports Wounded Warriors Canada. Uh, it's an incredible organization. They have trauma-informed training opportunities. And just recently, they have a wonderful new service dog program for veterans struggling with effects of operational stress injuries. Um, this brought all of the emergency communities together to utilize physical challenges to raise awareness for mental health amongst our communities. And uh, it's just near and dear to me um, having members that I served with and in the military and also uh, in the police and community struggling with mental health. Um, we need to have this conversation more often and put it more at the forefront. Um, and I do this also not only for these communities but also for uh, my two beautiful girls that I want to show um, not through just conversation but also through what I do how important these things are. It's very touching uh, what, what, what you've done here. And uh, I was following along when this was going on. And uh, one of my friends uh, from Toronto Police, uh, Lori McCann, was involved. And she's a pretty tough cookie. And uh, she was saying that uh, this is the absolute hardest thing that she's ever done. And uh, physically, she meant. And uh, I just hats off to to all of you. So it seems like Jody was was pretty convincing to recruit the team. So uh, next we have uh, OPP Provincial Constable Kim Stapleton of the Lanark County Detachment, and uh, Lynn, uh, Kim is a uh, fitness instructor, 
figure body building competitor, 23 years OPP constable. And she's uh, been riding an OPP motorcycle, I believe, for a number of those years. And uh, she's married to an Ottawa police uh, tactical officer. So she's telling me that her next event is a triathlon, 12 years indoor cycling event fundraiser. Um, we're dealing with some pretty amazing people here on the podcast today. So welcome, Kim, to the show. Thanks. Thank you for having us. Happy to be here today. Uh, yeah, before my policing career started 23 years ago, I was a fitness instructor and it's followed me all through my career, um, taking on some different challenges. So when Jody approached me um, at first, I thought, oh my goodness, I don't know if I can do that, uh, walk for eight hours with a vest, even though I've done some pretty crazy events in my life. But uh, immediately I said yes back. Um, through that, the fundraising I thought was um, amazing. People donated immediately, coworkers, friends, family. That was really easy. We, uh, um, I think we topped out for donations and everyone understands it's for a great cause and the mental health aspect. So, um, that was, that was amazing. Um, to just to talk about the training part of it for myself to fit it into my schedule, I found myself doing three to four hour walks in the country all by myself with my weighted vest and uh it was great it was it was uh time consuming and uh definitely a lot of fun a lot of downtime for myself um, when we actually did the event i uh immediately said i'd never do it again <laughs> uh, it was I'm, exactly what that toronto police officer said it was the hardest thing i think i've done both mentally physically and time-wise, but um, I've already bought myself a new vest and I've counted 27 weeks until it starts again. So there you go. And last but certainly not least, we have Dr. Nina Fusco, a psychological services advisor of the OPP's Healthy Workplace team. Uh, Dr. Fusco, welcome to the podcast. And I want to hear from you why you felt it was important to join this event. Yeah, and thanks so much for having us. Um, I guess it's for a number of reasons. The first of which um, is that uh, the challenge, same as uh, what some of my teammates have been saying, uh, to be honest, I did, wasn't sure if I could do it. Um, and I didn't have too much time to think about it. So I kind of agreed, not really fully understanding what I was getting myself into. I'd only ever really run 10 kilometer distances in the past. Uh, so part of it was uh, to challenge myself to do something different and uh, to test my limits, I guess we'll say. Um, another aspect of it being a, a psychologist with the Healthy Workplace team, I was honored when uh, Isabel approached me and um, asked me to join the team. It was an honor to be included on the team for the OPP, but I also thought um, given my uh, strong belief in the, uh, the link between our physical and mental wellness, that it would be a great opportunity not only to represent the Healthy Workplace team, but also um, to, uh, to, to be a representative, I guess, of, uh, for the Healthy Workplace team and, and uh, show my support for uh, that link between physical and, and mental wellness. Um, and I kind of agreed without thinking uh, about it too much, and uh, and, and there I was. Uh, and of course, uh, last but not least, it's just an incredible cause. I have a 
research background in, in PTSD and joined the OPP because of uh, family members that are in policing and my um, uh, interest and uh, respect for uh, what our police members do. So the opportunity to give back to others who um, uh, are affected by, by uh, traumatic events and um, to, to contribute to this organization was just a, a great opportunity, uh, not to mention connecting with others and uh, meeting people along the way too. Um, and so I actually did the, uh, the first leg um, early uh, in the wee hours of that Saturday morning um, did the first leg uh, for the Blister Sisters, and uh, uh, we started by warming up and doing our first set of 22 push-ups. 22 push-ups, uh, excuse me, in the dark, and uh, that was that was something to be part of as well. Um, just to see all of the people out early morning, uh, speaking with everybody who was there from uh, you know different different walks of life, uh, hearing about why everybody was out there, um, and a couple of the teammates joined me, so that was great too. There was lots of positive energy, and and uh, Wounded Warriors brought out some of the service dogs uh, who uh, the, the fundraiser was going to support. So so that was great. And uh, then I passed the torch to uh, Provincial Constable Stapleton at uh, 1300 hours when I finished my leg. I'm getting tired just listening to you <laughs> all. Um, <laughs> so um, we understand that, the, you know, you had a complete support team there and Jody's father, uh, Paul Halliwell and uh, Victoria Lanthier, uh, a military veteran who served operationally with the Canadian Armed Forces, uh, who is an avid uh, skydiver and well-traveled adventurist and founder of, of Girl Gone Good. Um, we don't have them on the show with us today, but we thought it was important to mention them. Um, as uh, all four of our guests uh, are very grateful for their support. So thank you for supporting this very well-intentioned uh, well and well-received event. Uh, Nina, we understand uh, that uh, you started off the event. You've already, uh, you've already said that. Can you tell us uh, what was going through your mind uh, when you started that off and as you uh, started walking uh, with that vest on? Uh, definitely, as I made mention to earlier, um, there was some, I'll, I'll call it self-doubt. I wasn't sure what it would look like at the finish line. I know we had a, a strong support team. We, we kind of prepared snacks and a uh, first aid kit and for, for all possibilities. But uh, at least for my leg, I know others weren't so, uh, so fortunate, but for my leg, the weather couldn't have been better, really. Um, and uh, I was really excited for sure. Uh, like I said, uh, lots of positive energy was around. I was, uh, I was pumped and, and ready to go, but, uh, you know, trying to get out of my head in terms of uh, wondering what that would look like at the finish line, but just uh, honored to, to be surrounded with so many people who uh, were up early on a Saturday morning taking on this challenge for this, uh, this great cause. Well, good, good for you, Kim. Uh, same question for you. Uh, what were you thinking? <laughs> um, same thing. Very excited to see Nina come along. She had a huge smile on her face, and I thought, okay, good. This is good. Seeing someone so strong after eight hours, this is okay. I can do this. Um, when we started out, I was actually surprised at the pace. It was slower than I had trained, and I thought, okay, this is great. 
Um, I felt extremely strong during the whole thing. Uh, we stopped at the halfway mark and switched our shoes out and uh, noticed I was having some issues with some toenails. Um, but that was okay. New shoes felt good. New socks. Away we went. Um, spent the next couple hours just talking to everyone. Walked beside someone you'd never met before. There was Toronto. There was military. We had a paramedic. A couple of JTF2 guys. There were some Ottawa police members. Um, and you can imagine the friendships have carried on since then. Yeah, so we finished in the dark. Um, passed on the torch. I saw Jody. She was waiting for me to take on the night schedule. And uh, I think we had a little bit of rain in there to finish off. But it was good. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of interested. <laughs> I, it, you know, so, so the, for those of you listening... Um, Isabel wrote a little blog about this event. That, that's how this whole kind of idea to do the podcast came along. And in it, she said that you earned two black toenails, Kim. Uh, <laughs> what is that all about? <laughs> I, I am not sure, actually. Most of the people on my team had blisters. And um, I guess I didn't qualify as a blister sister because I didn't get one blister. But some reason, my... <laughs> my toes were hitting the end of my shoe and I think it took about eight months for my toenails to go back to normal, but <laughs> oh, you guys are the poster children for resilience as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> All good. Uh, Jody, we understand that you were up next in uh, the relay. What happened next? Um, yeah, I saw Kim coming in and I am sure the most frustrating thing for her where we started our leg um, they actually still had, I can't remember whether it was about 500 meters maybe or 50 meters to walk. Kim, you, maybe you can uh, correct me on that. But they must have That's seen right. us at our point and thought they were done and they still had to keep walking. Um, so I'm, I'm sure <laughs> the feel there was uh, a little bit of frustration. Um, yeah, we started walking. It was, it was nighttime uh, starting, what was it, 9 o'clock at night. Um, through the dark. I really enjoyed it. I, I worked in Arm Prior in Renfrew County for 10 years, so I knew that, that terrain very well. Um, and just being able to walk through it and seeing various places where I've, I've done calls for service. Um, the group that I was with, I'm not sure if they put all the young, most fit people on my team, um, but they were <laughs> eager to go. <laughs> <laughs> and the majority of them finished the walk in six hours and 45 minutes. Um, thankfully, I had a really great uh, military police officer who I walked with, and him and I became you know, close and had some great conversations. And it took us um, seven hours and 40 minutes, and we walked again through the dark. It started raining. Um, oh, I don't know how long we walked in the rain, a few hours anyway. Uh, and I was grateful to to see well, and and again, we we didn't really see the the end. We walked past our finish point, and kept walking. And then a van came and pulled up and said, "Oh, you guys are done. Get in." And I'm thinking, "No, no, no. I want to finish." And he's like, "No, you are finished." And I thought, "Oh, okay. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I completed this enormous feat." And it was just. Uh, it, again, it didn't matter that there weren't people there to, to greet us at the end. It was just, uh, it was more of an of, of a personal um, 
I knew I could do it. I, I don't think there was any doubts that I could do it. It just was more, how long is this going to take me and how am I going to feel at the end? Phenomenal stories. Um, just uh, excellent representations of what the uh, Ontario Provincial Police are all about. And, uh, so grateful that uh, you're, you've done this and you're going to do it again. And so we're going to take it back here to Isabel. Um, I take it your experience as a marathon runner helped you to finish this trek off? Yeah, absolutely. And interestingly enough, what really stuck with me, I think, for the entire day was how well everyone had done. And I, I had a sense of not wanting to, to let anybody down as well. So I was the final leg. We were going to bring it in and, and each and every one of us was successful. And so that was kind of weighing on me. There was also the fact that when I saw Jody reached a checkpoint as in the dark, pouring rain it was a a really big motivator despite it being cold and she had been up all night her clothes were soaked she arrived and she had a huge smile on her face that was really something uh to see and for, for me it was a real example of of true mental and physical grit so i was really proud of her and her and her team so she passed the torch on to me and i set off uh with my teammates and it included the organizer um and military veteran dylan pace we stuck together as a as a crew and we basically uh, always walked together. We're really fortunate to have a lot of people cheering us on and hawking along the way. So that was, uh, that was really great. And approximately eight hours later, or just a few kilometers from Parliament, Parliament Hill, all the participants joined in and uh, for the walk and we kind of brought it in together. And I, I want to pick up on that, and I, I want to hear from Dr. Fusco to start with here. What was the feeling of arriving at Parliament Hill after after completing this journey? Um, yes, seeing them all turn the corner, as I said, uh, I had probably the best weather for uh, my leg, um, and seeing them uh, come in... Uh, coming through the rain um, and knowing that all of us had uh, had made it to our respective finish lines and to the, the, the main finish line at the end, it was uh, a sense of pride. Um, some of that was, uh, was uh, pride for myself, uh, but definitely proud of the, the ladies that I was uh, had the honor of uh, walking next or alongside with metaphorically in this, uh, this event. Uh, I was excited for uh, my team, but excited for all the participants. And uh, really, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to explain, actually, when you see uh, them walking down uh, the road with their flags and in their gear, everybody with a, a smile on their face, the sense of elation and a sense of relief, uh, but just that everybody was pushing through to, to get through the, to the end and everybody was together once again at that uh, that ultimate finish line. So sense of pride and definitely, like I said, elation and, and, uh, and, and relief um, for everything everyone had accomplished. Well, it's, it's quite an accomplishment. Uh, uh, congratulations uh, to all of you. And uh, this event was well supported by crews and event sponsors uh it was a huge success raising sixty six thousand two hundred and twenty dollars for wounded warriors canada 
and serving as a platform to raise awareness. So the walk continues to gain momentum and interest. So uh, stay tuned for the third edition in the fall of 2022. And uh, I just want to get this on the record. I, all four of you are going to do this again. Isabel, is that uh, correct for you? <laughs> Did you say challenge? Okay, well, I guess I'm in for <laughs> September 2022. Nice. <laughs> Jody, are you in for September 2022 to do this all over again? We're being Absolutely. challenged here. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> And uh, Kim? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Fusco, uh, you are in as well? I guess you're getting me on record today to say I'm in as well. All right, kind of trapped <laughs> you there, but uh, all right, you're to ear first, folks. <laughs> well, on a serious note, uh, we're going to turn it over to Team Captain uh, Jody. Uh, Jody, what are all, the, all of these funds being used for? I explained a little bit at the beginning just how, uh, again, they're, they're being turned over to Wounded Warriors Canada. Um, if you head on to their website, uh, they have so many great um, mental health resources, not only just uh, group resources, but they also have training resources for organizations, um, which uh, interests me immensely. Um, just talking about some trauma-informed training that they have, and again, the uh, the new program in relation to uh, the dogs and um, for veterans struggling, you know, with operational stress, they've uh, lots of research into that and how um, it can bring such companionship to those who feel alone. Um, yeah, so a great organization, and uh, they do utilize uh, the funds and the fundraising well to go into those programs. Also, just on a side note, uh, there's also a second edition of the walk that's going to be uh, uh, done in the East Coast in Alberta. So it's something new that they've organized, and uh, that'll be, I think, uh, in May or June. And then the walk in uh, September for the Ottawa crew. Perfect. Uh, for anybody looking for more information or to donate, uh, where can they do that? Uh, usually, uh, uh, so it's through Walk for the Wounded, so there, there will be another sort of website link set up, and uh, that link uh, will coincide with when all of the, the organizers have um, the teams organized, and we'll send that out through social media. Um, there is a way to, to donate through woundedwarriors.ca online, but... Uh, until we get uh, those teams set up and it, donations for the individual teams will take place at that time. Thank you all for doing what you're doing to help our first responders and military uh, veterans. It, it truly is admirable. Uh, yes, thank you all. Thank you to the Blister Sisters uh, for the third annual event. Your dedication to helping first responders and military veterans is very much appreciated. Isabel, Jody, Kim, Dr. Fusco, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. We appreciate your time. We wish you the best of luck with this year's event. And that is our episode for this week. New episodes drop next Friday. And all episodes are always available on our blog at oppa.ca slash media. If you like what you hear, please use that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. For Scott Mills, 
I'm Josh Jutris, and from everyone here at the OPP Association, and from the K9 unit in the background, <laughs> thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening, everybody, and be safe.